Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code HBSports to get 20% off your order. The Lawnmower 3.0 is great for all us guys out there that got the long balls. You got to shave to the right, the left, the top, the bottom, all over. Hair grows all over your balls. Manscaped has perfected the ball hair trimmer. They've locked up scientists in a lab for the past 18 months perfecting this ball hair trimmer they call it the lawnmower 3.0 they've sent some over to us over at high button sports i use it every day in the shower so obviously it's waterproof it charges you can keep it for up to 90 minutes take it on the road with you you don't even have to bring a charger unreal product so i will remind you one more time go over to manscape.com use the promo code hb sports to get 20 percent off your order and start living a better life it's that simple gentlemen today on the high button podcast we have tim boyce tim is the head coach of the halifax max u18 hockey team here in halifax we have known tim for jesus probably 10 years now he's a household name in the coaching community here in the hrm he's brought up guys like justin Barron, shane bowers the heinem he's coached the max to some incredible league victories atlantic victories like last year and even going to the telus cup um tim has made a name for himself in these past 10 years or so and uh like i said i've known him for the past 10 years or whatever and me and dudes are excited to talk to him. It's going to be a great episode. I'm Justin. Dudes is here. We're talking to Tim Boyce. You know what comes next. Here we go. All right. Tim, we are going, I think. Yeah, we're going. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? I'm all right. You got to be closer to the mic, though. I got to be. The these mics are right. very sensitive. How we always have a mic issue right off These COVID-19 disinfected already? Yeah, but right, okay, before, right before you got here, we sprayed them down. Exactly We're good to go. <laughs> What's like? How, how are you doing? How's life? How's the summer treating you? It's good, man. Yeah? Yeah, not a lot on the go, really. Just uh, putting around the house, trying to do some renovations. and It's not a lot to do. Thanks for the hats, by the way. I appreciate it. No sweat, man. You guys are alumni. I'm just thinking about this now. Everyone's going to be like, you guys are pretty biased with the whole Max thing. Now we got the hats on during the podcast, but whatever. Yeah, but you're allowed you to be your alumni. That's a good point. Yeah, on the I'm alum- not worried. The alumni thing is a little touchy because I'm still not on the list. So On the website? Yeah. Shout out, man. Just let us know. We can fix that for you. <laughs> All right. There you go. I just showed Who is? Would it be Cliff that runs that? I don't know. No, it would be me. Yeah, yeah see? I got the you guys can hash it out over the podcast. <laughs> oh, listen, I've, got, <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got tons of uh, tons of emails over the years. Guys want me to add their names to the list. Getting so. pissed off? Uh, not pissed off, <laughs> but just like, hey, you know, I played this year and I played here after that. and Cool. Yeah. So. You probably found out a few people that did shit that you didn't oh, know. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. that list is historic, man. I remember walking into that room when I was like a novice or Adam, and I obviously didn't know what major midget was then. But then you just see some of the guys, like when you lift up the uh, – the the stall and the autographs yeah, yeah. and they're listing off like yeah. 30 moosehead players that used to be playing for the max you're yeah. like holy shit at the time you're just like this yeah, is oh, the yeah. coolest thing ever yeah it's a cool tradition that uh, the guys started i think actually it started the year i was there because we were the first uh, first group in the dressing room there no way at the civic yeah yeah did you guys always have to go through the zamboni doors 96 yeah yeah so before that obviously like rusty james is coaching the max and they played it at the forum and they what had a name. yeah they had the <laughs> they had the dressing room that went down the stairs in the forum in the back of the forum but when what? they built the civic obviously the dressing room came in i think we were the first team in there back 95 96 or something like that and how pumped 95. were you to have your own dressing room oh man we thought we hit the big time i was gonna say yeah. the halifax max dressing room is a is a thing like, you know, major yeah. midget teams, they have their own room. But for some reason, the Halifax Max room has a special quality about it that you can't really describe. I remember trying out for the team for the first two years and getting cut. And I was just devastated that I didn't get to go hang my jersey or my gear up in the room. Mm-hmm. There's something about that room that's special. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a man, special it's room. A, yeah, it's it's nicer than some professional rooms, really. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and so. it's been the staple, too. Like, I feel like other teams have, like, moved rinks and moved rooms. And, and that literally has been there since, like, the beginning of time. Yeah. For the most part, since the Civic became a thing, right? Yeah. yeah According it's been well to your, maintained. Yeah, it's well unreal. Maintained. I remember when we got that big pull down screen, the uh, the projector <laughs> thing. I can't there. remember what what kind of bullshit we had to go through yeah. to fundraise for that, but yeah. I remember we got it and <laughs> the, and you get the big projector and the boys are all yeah. fired up for video yeah. and then we never got the projector. So we just had the screen and it still sits sit, there. Just sitting there. Do you guys uh, have a projector now? We don't use a projector because we uh, alumni a couple of years ago. Uh, bought us um, a tv so we've got a tv in the room now a big screen tv i remember that because the day before you guys left for telus i was there at the rink 
and you were going over like the other teams you were watching their videos and that was the tv yeah. i remember that now yeah it's 2020 man you, the projectors the are projectors still in the coach's office i think it's just collecting <laughs> dust i don't even know if it, it probably works, hasn't even but. been pulled out we used it once and i think someone one of the parents had a projector and they let us borrow it for like after practice or whatever and that was it that was <laughs> like that was it yeah. never used it again yeah so what's your secret man you race some pretty good, some good hockey players. We were saying in the intro, you know, you got Barron, Bowers, Heinem. There's been some great hockey players that have been underneath your wing. What's, how do you do it? You know what, man? I just think uh, we're doing a really good job in uh, in the area developing hockey players. Like these, you know, mm. you're talking about Barron and Bowers. Like those guys, when they got to midget, they were exceptional hockey players already. But right. you know, the other piece to it is they're great people too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I you know we've had some kids that uh, have come through that have been uh, haven't been as heralded as those guys and have had success. And I, I I don't know. I think it to me to me it just comes down to connection. You gotta. You got to connect with your athletes. You know, if you're connecting with those guys, then you can unlock their potential. And yeah. uh, without uh, without connection, you know, you know, you can't have leadership. And you know, without that, you can't have challenge. And you need challenge and practice to to grow. So, I think we've we've got a good staff that knows how to connect to this age group. I like really how you do. say we. Yeah. Like I think we had a good team. I think we are developing them well. It's a good. I like that. Well, I mean, the question was, how are you doing it? And then you just automatically went, we, <laughs> yeah, it's We're not me. It's, it's, yeah, it takes a village and we've got all kinds of great people, you know, right from, right from the top down with our president, Scott power, you know, Scott, uh, is great in his role. He lets us do our, our job. Uh, you know, he, he, every, every single person in our organization knows their role and does it well. And, uh, you know, they don't try to overstep their boundaries. And, you know, I think leadership starts at the top and, and mm. it's definitely with our executive, you know, they're, they're first class and everything they do. If there's something that we need, uh, you know, we discuss it with them and, you know, yeah. they make it happen for us. And, you know, that's the bottom line is we're just trying to better young men and provide them opportunities. And, you know, I think, yeah. uh, everybody's kind of on the same page. So. That's a secret, the same page, right? Whether it's, you know, you're always preaching to the players to be a family and to be, you know, hold each other accountable and whatever the case may yeah. be. But if you have that within your structure of the organization, then it's automatically going to trickle down, right? And I think that it's it's just funny that you say that because we have all the players in here and that's what they say the year they won was, oh, we were a team, we bought in, everybody played for one another. But yeah, if yeah, it's up guy. top too, and you see that from like your leaders, you know, because yeah. they're controlling everything up there, then it's, it's, it's just easier to do. No question. I think, uh, you know, every year uh, we've, we've been fortunate that we've had some very good leaders. And, uh, you know, every year we have that conversation with the guys, the, the first years that are moving into their second or third year. Like, remember how your leader treated you when you mm -hmm. were a rookie. So make sure that you're doing the same thing. At the end of the day, like, if, if guys don't have that sense of family and they're not buying into 20 guys in a dressing room, you know, when you're oh, in yeah. a tight game – uh, you know, semifinals or something like that in a tournament and you got to block a shot or you got to be first to a puck and you know you're going to get rocked. Like, guys are going to be more willing to do that and go through a wall for, for, for your teammate, you mm. know, if, if you're actually, you know, have that sense of buy-in and that sense of family. So, to me, like that, that's one thing I think over the last – you know, five, 10 years coaching is something that I've really tried to focus more attention on is just reading people, understanding people, trying to get them to buy in. Because to me, it's, it's even more important than, uh, you know, X's and O's and, you know, how many fancy drills you can run and things of yeah, that nature. For sure. I was going to ask you that question. Cause I was talking to Steinberg about this when he was coaching Smear when he was on the podcast last. And I essentially wanted to know how much throughout the year do you worry about the next year and bringing up the next fresh group of guys? Because, you know, major midgets, it's a quick, maybe one, maybe two years. And then you got a guy leaving yeah. for junior AQ. Like how much do you worry about, you know, okay, after this game, maybe I got to go see a Citadel high school game. Cause there's a kid who's four, 15 years old, might be on the team next year. Like, does that ever worry about in your, is that ever sitting in your head or do you just focus on the task it's at hand uh, more? I mean, it's always in my head, but I think I've got OCD when it comes to that stuff. Like I go out <laughs> and watch, high school games every year i'm at bantam games you know i think a lot of teams in Met a lot of guys don't go watch the high school games we found some very good hockey players over the years in uh in the high school leagues like yeah. chad wilson well i mean i know you <laughs> and bully uh for example oh, yeah. back when yeah. i was coaching high school like you were two guys that jumped yeah. and you know were able to jump in and, and produce so yeah. you know i think there's mm. always guys uh there's hidden gems everywhere so you just gotta you gotta put the effort in to go find them really because it's that interesting time of life when you hit puberty and you can be five yeah. foot five one year the 100%. next year you'd be six two and you'll be able to bully yeah. kids on the ice. So yeah. look at that. It was an example of me. I yeah. just grew. But there's tons of kids that have that same story that they just hit that puberty year and boom, next thing you know, they can put up 30 goals in junior or major midget. It's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, like a, a guy like Chad Wilson. He was playing in uh, Millwood a couple of years ago, and I don't think he was on anybody's radar. And, you know, I just <laughs> happened to go on a Thursday night out to Sackville Arena, watched him play. I saw a kid that was, you know, in, in high school, you know, your top scorers are typically the guys that don't back check. You know, they <laughs> they want to light the lamp and, yeah. you know, all the glory, but For none the next of the hard day, work. Cool. But I just saw a guy that was just, he was up and down the sheet. You know, he's playing goal line to goal line. And mm. I was like, man, like, this guy can play. Like, he could play at this level. And uh, anyway, uh Offered him the spot. He thought about it for a little bit. Uh, then he signed, signed, and he ended up being a point of game guy for us that year when we went to the finals. You know, he was on Aaron Brown's line, and now he's playing in Edmonston. And you know, he's been, or he, I think he got traded to the Valley actually, but he's been a pretty good, uh, pretty good Maritime junior player. So I mean, those guys are out there. It's just you know, you got to find them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, There's like a lot of them. It's like you said, though, you got to be willing to go find them because they're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've uh, for most of it, they've been there. Yeah. It's just the guy that, you know, isn't really that interested in it or he never got the look, like you said, so now it's not on his radar. So now he's living in the glory. High school doesn't realize his potential with other good guys around him and, and development and shit like that. And yeah. there's been so many of them over the years, I think. It's no funny, yeah. When you put a guy with another good guy that knows how to play, that's a perfect example, high school major midget. I'm not saying that there's people in high school that don't know how to play hockey, but there is yeah. some guys in high school that don't know how to play high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. And then you get put on maybe a third line on a major midget team and you know how, you know, a guy can pass the puck and go and then you can get the puck right back. That can make a difference of 10, 15 points throughout the oh. year. Like getting a, like giving it, like I remember when I played high school, I'd be nervous to pass the puck to someone and then skate up a couple hard right. strides to get the puck back. And you're just like, nah, I don't, I'm just going to keep it and go around this. Get it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But major midget, you have that confidence to pass to someone and then go. That's an extra 15, like I said, 20 points in major midget. No question. It is a difference. No question. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about tightness on a group. I know we just talked about it before getting into yeah. this, but me and dudes, to the, every time we have a Max player on here and we talk about the year you guys went to the TELUS Cup mm-hmm. and how relaxed you were. And I love your saying. I know you said you wanted to say it, yeah. so you say it. I just wanted to know how you felt about pressure. <laughs> and <laughs> but I forgot to do it at the beginning, naturally. <laughs> but, you know, is that something you like to go in with every year? Pressure is a funny thing, or was it just special for that one group that year? I mean, you know what? We Every year we have pressure. You know, we're usually near the top of the standings. Everybody, you know, the expectation is that we're going to have a good team every year. Yeah. Uh, that specific year, that was more something that we just did to have the guys buy into it, sort of the underdog role, because everybody was talking about Cole Harbor that year. You know, Cole Harbor this, Cole Harbor that, you know. I don't think we had until the last game of the regular season, we really didn't have success against them. So, you know, that was just something that we kind of started mm-hmm. with those guys. Like, you know, the pre- pressure is funny thing. If you can't deal with it, uh, you're going to crumble. You know, you have to be relaxed. You have to be calm. You have to be cool. You have to be collected. And, and it worked in the Cole Harbor series. And so, you know, obviously we're going to Atlantics and everybody was talking about Kensington and, and even Moncton <laughs> as well. Like we were just, we were the guys that were just there, right? Like, yeah, you just happened awesome. to go there. Just a lunch pail crew yeah. <laughs> that was just, and uh, that's what every guy says too. Is like, yeah, our mindset was just like, we were, we were happy to be at Atlantics. Like that was crazy. Cause yeah. in their heads, it wasn't. It just wasn't going to be a thing. Just another you week off I mean? school. It's like, all right, great. Yeah, we we just wanted to keep the guys loose. We felt like uh, the the other teams that we were matching up against. You know, the hype train was so huge on mm. those guys that, you know, if we were able to make it a hockey game every game come the third period, the pressure is just going to build and build and build and, and yeah, like there's going to be guys that just can't handle it and can't deal with it and. Which uh, you saw. Yeah, which we did see, <laughs> and you know, luckily, uh, you know, for. For us, it worked out, and, you know, it's just one of those things you try, and some years it works, and some years it doesn't. When Matt McDonald came on, he said that the first Kensington game, you guys just you went in the room and you just said, pick your own lines, have fun with it. Oh, was man. it that Was that the Is right that game? true? That, yeah. Oh, man. Like, what? literally before that game, I like the coaching staff walked in, and we, we were all – like the coaches had talked before about what we were going to do, and we had a good chuckle about it. And Anyway, we went into the dressing room. We had a big smile on our face, and we are like, guys, like, listen, like, you know, like – we had uh, we actually we've been using like a a one three one four check a lot in the neutral zone all through playoffs and it was something I picked up from Steiny like I was just I was leaving the forum one day and uh, you know you poke your head into the coach's office with him and you know five minutes turns into three hours which it did <laughs> and uh, we had been using it a lot through playoffs uh, and it was working really well. Um, and you know obviously the game against kensington didn't meet anything yeah so we just we walked in we're like we're going to completely change everything you know we're not going to use this one through one in the neutral zone you know in the in the offensive zone we're going to send and we were 
we were being pretty passive against a lot of teams. Just it just worked for us. Uh, yeah. So we started. We sent two guys deep uh, the whole game. You know, <laughs> we were like our power play units were completely mixed and mashed. And we told the guys this. And I had to talk to Liam Oxner before the game. I was like, Ox, like I really don't know how this game is gonna go. You know, because he was in the oh, net. he was playing. That's he was right. in the oh, net, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, like we're gonna keep the guys loose. We're gonna change things up. We're not gonna talk to these guys at all because they were a team that just thrived on uh trash talking like they were just the emotional roller coaster right like the more you talk to them the more they they got fired over engaged so so like literally uh like guys were trying to engage in conversations and like mitch camo who is probably one of the worst trash talkers i've ever had (laughs) like was just like sitting there with smiles on his face uh during the the game so so anyway we caught it all on camera we know oh yeah Yeah, so i mean we and again like i think with that you know was it the fact that we switched everything up i don't know but uh, what i do think is that we had buy-in the guys were all bought in at, at that point we oh. had yeah. we had their attention they yeah. were all dialed in for a common goal and by the time we hit to the hit the rink sunday like they were all like they're all like the guys were like yeah like man we we're gonna pull the wool over their eyes like you know we really you know we we rope it thought we done. got them good yeah so like they were all dialed in and they were all pulling on the rope in the same direction come sunday and you know i had to have a talk with ox because like ox was pretty i know he's upset afterwards like that that might be my last midget game and i'm like listen like this is not going to be your last midget yeah. game. Like Gooby's going in the net tomorrow. Yeah. You both have been lights out all year. Yeah. And, and and again, like we we were able to man the, the crowd. There was crazy. Like we were man, able to manage the crowd for the first two periods. Oh, Getting nice. out to the lead early was yeah. good. We were able to kind of sit back and, and play it. our our kind of hockey. We didn't have to open things up, and you know we could uh, we could just wait for turnovers and try and capitalize on those. If we had to open up a game against those guys and go up and down the sheet, we we're probably in trouble. But yeah. you, you know, think? Yeah, I, I I really do. They had some guys over there that could put the puck in the net, right? Yeah. And that just wasn't our style, right? Like we were, especially we were, when you're up too, right? You're, you're that yeah. one three one now comes is extra valuable now in that scenario, right? Yeah, like we were a team that was going to be a little bit more passive. We, we were more comfortable having uh, the opposition's defense carry the puck up the ice because that was another thing. Like when we played Cole Harbor, we just felt like the strength in their team was their forwards. Mm -hmm. We felt like outside of power, they didn't really have a lot of guys that could really rush the puck and carry the puck up the ice. So, you know, instead of, instead of pressuring deep with two guys and getting caught and then having the chance that their forwards are going to get the puck a little bit more, we were just like, you know what, let's let their D carry the puck a little bit more. You know, maybe the pressure points aren't going to be below the goal line. Maybe they're going to be at the blue line on on the boards, you know, some different areas where we can turn pucks over and then try and counter attack. Yeah. And it, and it worked for us. And, and to be honest with you, started it was all born out of uh the last game of the season we played Cole Harbor and we had a bunch of guys out of the lineup with injuries so you I think to... they, yeah like I think they were going for like a record of something to for uh, points for the regular season so ugh. just said like you know like, let's try this like yeah it can't hurt yeah. Had, now. yeah we had five like we I think we had Brant King uh, we had a few guys out like yeah. we were just like let's try it and uh we, we tried it and we ended up I think we ended up winning that game maybe in overtime I can't rem- I can't were recall. we at the game I don't think was so. Was it not. in Cole Harbor Place? No, it was, I was at the Civic, I think. And uh, anyway, uh, at that point, like, when we when we started using this, we were just like, light bulb, like, you know, this could work. And mm, yeah. Try it just, again. Yeah, try it again and uh, <laughs> try it again and try it. And, you know, it's funny, like, not a lot of teams uh, use those passive four checks in our league and not one, three, speed. ones. And, you know, you, you watch the NHL, like, that's all it is. Like, you, you can barely, you got the TV cameras on between the blue lines and, and typically or in the in the offensive zone you can't even see their first four checker because he's always hanging back right? yeah. yeah so anyway we we you know we tried it it worked yeah um, guys bought into it and rode it all the way to the telescope yeah a couple times <laughs> yeah oh yeah you want to get what well, you went uh moose what, what jaw, year, wasn't it? first year yeah i went moose jaw that was uh our first year coaching with the team your uh, first year coaching with the max you went to the telescope yeah now listen wow uh, no timmy wow kirk, uh, kirk obviously left a pretty good team there uh that year but that you know what that wasn't without its challenges you know uh the way that all like when i came in there was guys that wanted to leave cause yeah kirk that happens gone. every time man it was you know you had to it was just a a different uh, different form of trying to build trust with players because there was a 
lot of guys that were, you know, we're yeah. very close to the last coaching staff, and yeah. you're coming in as the new guy. You, did you come you, from high school? You were no, I was in So Shore. I went down coaching So Shore for, oh, yeah. uh, or sorry, yeah, I did do one year of high school after I came back from QE so Shore. two or uh, QE uh, Citadel. QE. It would have been Citadel. Then. He didn't coach Citadel. for the hospital, no. Sorry, no. Well, sorry. I was with QEH. Uh, we started the program back up there after 20 years. I mean, that was like. Yeah, and like Jared Grant was there, myself, like but Jordan Burke. Burke. Oh yeah, Berkey, Grant, Jeff Ring. yeah, uh, Ringer, yeah, Steve Patel. Ring, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had uh, yeah. Yeah, Jake Smith. Shit. What yeah. were those guys doing playing high school? Why weren't they in major? Why wasn't Jared Bryce Grant? Tully? Uh, Bryce Tully was a fucking solid defenseman. Man. Yeah, he was just he wasn't great at anything. Yeah. I didn't think, but he was good at everything. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Just wasn't was. like blow you away. You'd never be like, oh, there he is. But all of a sudden, you're yeah. like, how come nobody can get get down the wing here? And, and like he just. Just shut down, but silent. He made the jump to the uh, to major midget. Uh, Who did Bryce yeah. from high okay. school? Yeah, like Jake Smith had. Uh, you know, I know Halifax was interested in him at that year. I think Kirk would have been there at that time. I can't recall, but a few of those guys just didn't want to make the jump and stayed in high school. It's not for everybody, yeah. right? I remember back in the day going to like a Halifax West game. Packed. It's a centennial. Just oh packed. man, we uh, we used to have home yeah. games. We used to Seriously. have home games in the old Dal Memorial Arena on Saturday yeah. nights, and there would be 800 fans up there at the Dal Arena. It was like, the rinks want? down on like campuses yeah. and stuff, man. They they yeah. always did well during hockey season. Yeah. Like, there's something about like I don't know what I think I was younger, like our junior A games, Olin Exports. I don't ever remember going to one of those games and it wasn't semi sold out. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was a different era though too. So, why they sold out? <laughs> Well, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Exports, oh, yeah, so yeah. You were guaranteed so. like six tilts. Jimbo yeah. was guaranteed going to throw something. You know, yeah, yeah, it, that's yeah. just the way it was. That was, but that's what Junior A was like. Like when you played, no question. Is yeah. that what is that, is that exactly what it was? Was that? Yeah, kind I mean, of, there were some tough guys when I played, like the Eric Archimbos and Ronnie McFarlands and Jason Dorrington so and some of these guys. And, and you were in Amherst for a bit, right? Yeah, I was in Amherst. I was in, in East Hans. I played for Steiny actually. Did you? One year in Junior. Yeah, we had a, we had a really tough team that year. We had like Ken Tasker and Bill Riley and. <laughs> Bill uh, Riley. Chris Maia, who was like a six foot five <laughs> NHL drafted defenseman that played in the Western League. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, like <laughs> Chris Hale. Like we just we had a we had a tough tough team. Now I wasn't one of those guys. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but how it's I'm telling you because when I played Bridgewater, we had a tough ass team too because yeah. we probably had the same coach. But um, it was just like easier to play when you had those guys, especially where you, yeah. I know you, you like to rush the puck, or at least that's what I hear yeah. was you were an active defenseman, for lack of a better term. I was ahead of my time. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that, I think we <laughs> did have the conversation, everybody. actually. That's some Facebook chatter, I think. Yeah. But as a as a smaller guy, too, and, and with those guys on the ice, like you, you're just able to concentrate on your game because you know if anyone fucks with you yeah. that one of these beauties here is going to kill them. <laughs> Did you find did you find that that helped at all or were you just oh, kind of whatever no anyway? Question. I mean, I was I was a shit disturber on the ice, so like I was the guy that was starting the fights and somebody else was finishing. Uh, them. Like, sounds uh, like this guy that, right that here. That makes yeah. sense as to why you guys picked I me. I carried a heavy stick for sure. Like Paul Curry coached me there one year in junior, and I I dropped the gloves. It was my one and only fight with Ray Dalton, and he was hunched over at the time. And after he stood up, he was like six foot four. He beat me to the ground, and then literally after he was done beating me to the ground, he picked me up by the back of my collar and beat me again oh. and uh <laughs> anyway i came back to the bench and uh paul curry looks at me and he says yeah you know boys are like I, res- I respect you dropping the gloves but just word of advice like don't ever drop your stick again <laughs> like if somebody wants to fight you use your stick <laughs> <laughs> don't use your fist dude yeah. i thought you were gonna say like he picked me up and said good fight kid or something no, like no, that no he picked no, me up and beat the shit no. out of me again <laughs> no we had a line brawl once and i think uh he uh he told every defenseman uh don't come back to the bench with the gloves and i was the only guy that didn't get on the ice oh, <laughs> timmy stay right there yeah we're trying to win some fights here we're trying- <laughs> was this in amherst or east Hans? this is in east Hans. east Hans. Yeah. good because yeah. i want to ask about east Hans because <laughs> obviously I live there now I've always loved East Hans played Junior B there it was unreal I think probably just because we were good not sure but <laughs> talk about like the atmosphere and, and what that town was like as a Junior A town because they haven't seen that in a while now yeah. and I just feel like East Hans would be the best possible scenario for something like that did they play in the same rank before yep. you start the same yep. rank that, okay, okay oh man it yeah. was unreal we were we were getting you know five six hundred a, a night uh, during regular season and then we played Anaganish in the first round and it went seven games and I'm telling you like it was packed three or four deep around the around yep. the rink it was nuts man like just some of the people uh like ron smith and ritzy's like there's just a bunch of good people up there that supported the the team uh mm-hmm. when it was there yeah it, it was a great atmosphere man like uh, really? yeah 
It's yeah, a great right. rink. I like those yeah. steep stands. You didn't have to billet yeah. in these tents? Oh, yeah. Did you live in Halifax? No, we had a bus that picked us up and took us uh, took us back and forth. It was this old bus and uh, you know, Norm Thompson. You know Norm? I know the name. Yeah, Norm's with the Midget League now. So Norm would be driving and they'd be fixing it. They broke. It would break down constantly. <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, they had, like, a school bus that would it pick sounds us like up Junior Halifax. B. Yeah, <laughs> take us back and forth. It was a good setup, yeah. Were shooters out there when you were playing? Yep. Wow, but how I old the shooters go Curly's back? was the place to go at that point, was it not? Curly's was, yeah, Curly Portables. Yeah. And then now it's for sale. Curly Portables. Yeah, so there oh, you go. It? Yeah, yeah, they went up for that. sale a couple of things, but now wow. shooters took over because they got decent owners. Now, I couldn't so. imagine yeah. playing in a, in a hockey team out there. The sense of community, like before you got here, talking yeah. about the sense of community in this little area we're in now, but out there, I never really went out to East Hans until we started this thing, and the amount of support that people support, uh, high button sports, it's crazy. I oh, couldn't yeah. imagine supporting a hockey team, especially a junior A team back then. Yeah, they would flourish now. I think with so. the population now and stuff yeah. like that, and all the developments and all that shit, yeah. and there's actual stores and shit no out question. there now. So, yeah, but who knows, right? Especially with all the kids in metro, the metro area too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of people that go to school there because it's yeah. it starts with one guy. One guy from Dallas goes one year, and then he's on the team next year, and he brings a buddy. And like, yeah. Yeah. but you were saying that the rink got three rows deep. And I, I've told him this a few times, and I, I didn't even think there was that many people in these stands. Yeah. But that's what it was, and it I, I've been looking back at pictures all the time, and you see, like, just these random old guys going bananas in a picture for just some yeah. a couple bums scoring a goal, right? And yeah. th that's what made me think of the question when you said that with the three it three was, rows, because no, it was man, jammed. It was wild. It was wild. Yeah. And and they're good crowds, too, rowdy. Yeah. They, don't take, they don't take it lightly, not at all. Oh, yeah. I love that town. Yeah. <laughs> I love getting up there. How exciting is it, though, as you as a coach? I, we always talk about it as a company, how exciting it is for us with the young talent that's just being born here. Like, yeah. The like some of the kids, like, like I was watching, for some reason, I was watching a highlight of, like, Matt McDonald from when he was, like, Bantam. And he yeah, looked like we a kid. that guy. And now he's, <laughs> and now he's in Major Junior. And yeah. it's just like, I can't imagine how many more kids that are out there that you and I or even you don't even know about. Yeah. Like, how exciting is that for you as a coach? Yeah, man. Like I, like I said, I think the development in Nova Scotia is just taken off. And I think, you know, obviously with the Mooseheads coming here, it just kind of was a yeah. game changer for mm -hmm, everybody. For sure. that, you know, something that the kids can work towards and, and yeah. try to attain. Like before before the Mooseheads arrived, it was like a pipe dream. Like, you know, maybe I'll get a phone call from a team in Quebec or Ontario. But now, like, you go to any game, there's, you know, five, ten scouts uh, there every night watching. And, you know, I think just grassroots uh, – our coaches are just doing a better job of developing players. Like I said, like a guy like Shane Bowers, you know, when he got to the, the max, he was already an exceptional hockey player. He was already player. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, you know, and, you know, same thing with like a guy like Ryan Graves when I coached him in So Shore, like when he when he got oh, he, to, yeah, like when, when he got to So Shore, like he was an exceptional defenseman. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's some things that we can do to help them as well. But, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, I think the development in Nova Scotia has really, uh, really taken off in the last few years. If you had to, you know, pick one point of why. What would it be? Just like maybe the population growth, you could be honest. Like, what do you think the one aspect of, you know, hockey players being developed into NHL players? Well, what could you attribute it to, I, you think? I, you know, it's funny. Like, everybody talks about Sidney Crosby, but, you know, I think he's he's a huge piece of it. You know, everybody looks up to that guy, and then without Sidney, is there a Nathan? And, you know, right, so the next guy, and the next guy, effect. and the next guy. And, you know, the one thing I really like is that these guys are taking some of these younger guys under their wings every summer and kind of – showing them the ropes uh yeah, those you know summer skates them, yeah, yeah the summer skates having them yeah. like they could very easily just be you know like we're nhl pro guys we're just gonna we're gonna have our see small little group and see you later but i think you know obviously they're they're uh, they're helping some of these guys along the way in their careers and things like that and you know kids see this and you know kids you know all the kids around here hear about it and they're always trying to get into the ranks in the summer yeah. and it's just it's something for them to strive towards uh, you know seeing these local guys that are great uh, ambassadors for the game and great role models. It's a good answer. I never even thought of that. I didn't either. I always just sit here and bitch and complain about how we never, no one ever took anybody from our era, and all the kids get taken <laughs> down. Blah blah blah. But Timmy just kind of put it in perspective for me, I guess. Yeah, it is a good point, man. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Those I skates are legendary. Yeah, the Mooseheads just showing up. I think was just a complete game changer down here. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Was I wanted to play for the Mooseheads when you were a kid or whatever, right? Trying yeah. to win the six-foot sub or whatever it well, is. Well, think about but Sid. Like, I'm not saying Sid because of the Mooseheads and now he's amazing. But, you know, Sid was probably a kid when the Mooseheads got here. Just watching yeah. that team, like, oh, 10,000 yeah. people in the Metro Center. Okay, I want to go out there. I'm pretty sure he was the water boy for the World Junior Team here. You ever mm -hmm. hear that story? No, Might I haven't. Been. I'd love to ask him. 
my uh, my one claim to fame with the Mooseheads. I got a last minute invite because somebody dropped out. Really? Bill, Bill McLean called me like the night Bill before McLean. camp, and he's like, "Yeah, listen, uh, you know the Mooseheads want you to try out." I was like, "Oh man, this is incredible!" Yeah, well, like I'm going to Mooseheads camp <laughs> like so. today. Yeah, like today. So, yeah. No, like it started literally started the next day, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't really understand it back then, right? Like no. I was like, "Oh man, I got invited to Mooseheads," not thinking that I'm a fill in because you know at the twenty last minute because somebody uh, couldn't well, make it. That's the last mindset you want to have, I think. If yeah. You're, if you're ever trying to progress, like, oh, they do, they just want me because I'm the last last one to pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> like, that's anyway, I went to camp and uh, like Jody Shelley. I I'll never forget this. Like Jody Shelley was on my inter squad team, and he's like, yeah, like Clem's and Clem Joe Doyan was the coach yeah. at the time. John McKenzie, they're Clem's asking about you. I'm like, whatever. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm thinking like the the older guys are playing pranks on you in the dress. Well, they're asking about you. Anyway, uh, I there's a uh, list posted after I think it was a third or fourth inner squad game. And I was like, all right, I'm getting the snips. So we go up the, we go up the stairs to the, to the, to the room. And I, I go in and I sit down Clem's there, Sean's there. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're really impressed with, uh, with your camp. You know, you, you remind me a lot of Jamie Brown. I said, yeah, he says. Unfortunately, we already have a Jamie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so see, ya. that's a great way to get cut. That's yeah. a funny. Story. It could have been worse for you for sure. Yeah. So that's that unreal. My, my claim to I didn't know that. that yeah, I didn't make... know that either. Yeah. I no. Mean... Listen, uh, and that's you know, it's that's one of the it's one of the things I always keep with me. You know, Bill McLean didn't have to make that phone call for me, mm-hmm. um, and and if he didn't, like Trevor uh, was actually up in the stands watching Moosehead's camp, and he had a couple spots left on the on the junior team, and and that's where he found me was at that camp. So no way. it's just it's something I keep with me all the time. Like you know, Bill stuck his neck out for me, gave me that opportunity when he didn't have to. Yeah. So you know, when our guys are are graduating, it's it's something that I always think like, okay, do you have a spot to play? Well, you know, I'm gonna try and find a spot for yeah. you to play. Uh, because you know, I, I think that's what midgets all about. You know, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for that uh, wow. that one small opportunity that uh, Bill gave me. Because you know, I probably would have never been noticed by uh, by Steiny, and you know, the rest is history. So. So then, with you saying that, does that did you guys have like a junior A draft and shit back then? And it, no. it, there was no draft no. or anything. So it was no. just a call yep. per invite Wherever type shit. Wherever you want to go, I got a I got a call from Trevor and I got a call from Jimbo and uh, I talked to a couple people and they're like, Jimbo's a great guy, but you'll be in junior B by Christmas. Uh. <laughs> so I've never heard a more accurate description of Jimbo. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to East Hands. <laughs> what do you mean? explain that again? You just like just because Jimbo just, will literally. Yeah. If he if you fart in the wrong way and he's pissed <laughs> off, he's like, "You're going to fucking junior B. That's it, and, that's and you're gone, threat. and that's it." Yeah. it. But that's just how it was. He's always yeah. been like that. He'll he, he and that's what everybody told me too. Yeah, no, <laughs> try and get over there. You'd be in junior the, B. Yeah. If, if the best story I heard from Jimbo was uh, back then, you were able to like negotiate your contracts and all that. So Fuji, the the <laughs> year they went, the year, yeah, the year like they were paying guys back then. I think it's a little different now. But oh yeah. The year Fuji was, uh, I think it was their Royal Bank Cup run. Uh, He's going and Fuji's like, I'm a 20 year old. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it like 250 this year and <laughs> this and that. And he walks in and Jimbo's like, you know, here's your contract. I don't know what it was like, 100 bucks or 125 bucks. And and Fuji's like, Jimbo, like, I want 200 or I want 250 bucks. And Jimbo looks at him and just grabs the phone. He starts dialing on the phone. Fuji goes, What, Jimbo? What are you doing? He goes, I'm calling Camelot. I'm gonna see if I can get you that 250 bucks. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's oh, funny. Shit. What are you doing, Jim? I can see Fuji being all pissed off about that. Eh? Yeah, just yeah. crumbling yeah, in the it's, office. It's a story he always tells, man. It just, uh, it, yeah, like we just crack up when we hear it. Doesn't even respond. Just picks the phone up. Trying to see yeah, 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 yeah. He would do. We'd be just starting practice. Okay, he'd be late coming out. He he did. He looked like a mess, man. One skate was covered with his track pan. One was tucked into his sock. Like, and then he comes out. He'd be explaining a drill, and all of a sudden, his phone would ring. He'd be 10 seconds into explaining his phone ring, and he would just bail. That would be it. He'd leave on the phone and, yeah. and never come back. And we're all just sitting at the board like. And take the call? Yeah, and he would never, he wouldn't go back. And then if something happened or he got wind of something at practice, he'd come out and go, I was just on the phone with fucking Oakville. They're sending two guys. You and you are, are gone. You keep it up. And you're just on like, the ice. You weren't even out here. Wow. Oh, man. I, uh, I used, when I was coaching the high school team, they would practice before us on Wednesdays. <laughs> 
And I don't know how many times I would walk in uh, on Wednesdays and the boys would just have, they'd have the nets boards to boards at center ice playing two on two or three on three. And Jimbo would have that old office right next to the administrative office. And he'd always be in there on the telephone, right? Just working the phones when the boys are out there playing two on two or three on three. Oh, there'd be times where you skate around for, you know, you skate around, shoot pucks at the start of practice, get loose. We'd be out there 45 minutes shooting pucks at the Metro Center and all of a sudden the ice be chewed up and we're like, where's Jimbo? (laughs) Doesn't come out. But That's it's it. funny, like, I was thinking about Jimbo the other day, and I was just like, you know, like, how did he, he – obviously he had very good teams, but he must have he must have been able to connect with the with the kids, connect mm-hmm. with the players, uh, and build that relationship and bond. Because at the end of the day, they ended up playing for him, right? Like, right. And there were some guys that probably probably didn't, and then there's some guys that probably didn't like him. But, you know, at the end of the day, they respected him, and, and they went yeah. to battle for him. Because he did win – he won a pile of championships, right? Well, you he's know, the most right, – Rightly or wrongly, so. His name's huge here, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, that's the one thing I will say about him is – for all the trades and all the shit and all, like, I don't know. For me, he wasn't a great coach. He might have been past his time, but as a GM, yeah. he was unbelievable, man. The people that he brought in are still some of my best friends yeah, yeah. from junior just because, like, I don't, I, I still don't know. It blows my mind how he brings in all these beauties, but we did, he, no one will play for him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. Did you ever struggle cutting people or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Like, for the first time, do you ever have trouble bringing a kid in being like, listen, we got to cut you? You know what? Uh, it's been a few years since I've had to actually cut a guy. Um, I think it'd probably be back to my maritime junior days when I had to let guys go. I mean, you know, you're cutting kids uh, in training camp that, you know, you know probably don't belong. That That's not hard. I mean, yeah. but you get down to the last couple, I guess the last couple ca- cuts in camp. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Sometimes yeah. tough, yeah. But I, I, I thought you meant like cut returning guys. I've never cut no. a returning guy, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's guys that uh, you just they want to play so bad, and you know, you there's been there's been guys that have had tears and and things like that, and you know, it's it, part it, of the job. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, because you were there, you were there as a player, and yeah. you know what it, you know what it means to you as a player, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that part of the job is tough. For sure, but uh, a lot, you know, a lot of the kids, it's a sometimes it's an easy conversation because they just they get out there and they kind of know that they don't belong. Yeah, but they're just out there. Yeah, yeah. So it's hopefully. an interesting thing in camp how word spreads and you just kind of know what the roster is set and you know if you're the guy just kind of hanging on for the next week till season starts. It's a yeah, it's a known thing. I always thought it was. It was just yeah, and Metro. I mean, Metro is a little different beast because you got three teams going for the same players, so yep. there's always a lot of signings. Uh, early before camp uh, and that's just the way it's way it's been for years yeah um, is there any yeah. rules against that sorry to interrupt you no i mean april i think it's april 15th you're actually allowed to f- whenever the ban on atlantic's end i think it's like a week after that you're allowed talking. to actually physically like, start signing kids so april okay yeah we're uh, as a league we're kind of working on that just to try and make a better environment make uh, tryouts mean a little bit more and i think there'll be some stuff coming out on that in the near future so yeah spread yeah. out the wealth yeah um, how much fun was a coach in uh, Leighton Crothers this year? We, you know, we were, you know, we. He was a sleeper pick in the draft. You know, for sure, like, in my mind. you know what? It's funny. Like I, I don't know if he was a sleeper to the naked eye. Prob- Just to the paper names. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Like if, and I've said this to a hundred people <clears throat> to the naked eye. Yeah, you know what? Probably some guys are going to go ahead of them based on the statistics that they had this year. Yeah. But for somebody that's watched our games, uh, like we roll our lines. Uh, you know, if he was getting the power play time that uh, a lot of some of the other guys were this year, uh, you know, he probably would have been up near the top of this league in scoring as well. But, you know, we roll our lines. We, we were rolling our – like, people thought I was nuts. Like, we had our perceived fourth line on the ice in a power play in the third period against Cole Harbour <laughs> in the, the clinching game. But that's just – that's the way we've tried to do things here. Um, you know, and I think for Leighton um, – you know, it's a great story, and I think it's a great message to a lot of parents and, and kids out there that points aren't everything. You know, no. if you can focus on the details and play the game the right way and learn how to become a better hockey player, uh, you know, the scouts, the smart scouts, they're going to see that. They're yeah. going to understand that you're not getting, uh, you know, 10 minutes on the power play every night like some of the guys that are ranked near him are, right? So, yeah, exactly. you know, I think it's it's good. And, you know, I think the other piece to it is it's going to better prepare him for next year because going into the Quebec 
league as a 16 year old kid you're not going to be on the ice a lot that's yeah. just a reality mm-hmm. you know so you know you, you're going to have to learn to deal with those moments and share the wealth with uh, some of the older guys when they're on the ice and you know earn it and earn it yeah so you know I, yeah i mean a lot of people probably thought he was a bit of a sleeper i i never never thought that for a second he's just a He's a big, strong, powerful kid with a, an incredible skill set, and a, he's a man. Yeah, and he's got a drive to succeed and be be better. So, and he's got the he's got the right attitude. So, you know, I think uh, him going third overall, not a didn't surprise you. Not a not a shock to me. Will you get what, at what point did you start getting calls from scouts about him? Like at what point in the year? You know, I like uh, those. Those guys are those guys. I mean, yeah, you get calls, and mm-hmm. a lot of them want to know, you know, the skill set. You see it. It, you know, it's more about their personality. Yeah, they never ask about the yeah. skill set. Yeah, because that's that. the one thing yeah. you do see. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, like, I, good I got a few calls on him, but you know, a lot of teams probably didn't call because they knew they didn't have an early pick, and oh, yeah. you know, he's probably not going to be there. So, it's crazy to think yeah. that all that rankings thing kind of gets. I don't want to say mistranslated because a lot of it is pretty accurate within the first couple rounds. But like he, when he was here talking to us, he was he was dead set on going 11th. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's obviously something that's on his mind, which is great. Each guy approaches that a different way. But to sit there and just expect to go 11th and then to go third, like he, that's what he said. He goes, I didn't even know how to react because I was dead set on going at that. <laughs> so like how long was that just boiling up yeah. in him? You know what I mean? Yeah. To just erupt. But it's good for him, man. I I saw it as a good pick, local guy. Yeah, it's a business look to you know nothing against them that's just the way it is that's that's junior hockey it's a business at the end of the day right no question everybody has different needs and everybody's lists are different and at the end of the day it's what the teams think not what the central scouting list is and Mm -hmm. and that and what's available yeah but he was the one guy that well every time i talked about the game who was the one guy even if he didn't he he put up decent numbers in the playoffs but like just every shift man he was up and down the ice he was back checking hard he was hitting he was scoring he was yeah. getting in people's faces he was you know blocking shots killing penalties yeah. just he, overpowering guys he brought his game to a different level in playoffs and that's so that's and that's the difference with those guys yeah. is their their ability to elevate their game in the pressured situation right those are the guys yeah. you go okay bam maybe he was 11th but maybe after those games in playoffs he moved up to third just based on what they seen in big moments yeah. look at look at mckinnon at the mem cup against seth jones right yeah perfect yeah, example on yeah no question oh, go number one yeah 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 big time no, crazy stuff. I wish – oh, that was such a piss-off how that year ended, man. Just such a piss-off. Like, yeah. What was the series at when it ended with Cole Harbor? Well, we had just – uh, Wednesday night in Cole Harbor, we had eliminated them. Yeah. We were going to the finals. Oh, yeah. We were- so I was actually – I was at work on Friday, and I was getting ready to drive down to So Shore. I think they were going into game – I want to say game five, and I think uh, uh, Picto was up 3-1. So they had a chance to wrap up the series against So Shore uh, okay. that night. So I was getting ready to go down and watch that, just do a pre-scout. And uh, I got a text message on my phone at work, and I just said, yeah, Hockey Hockey Canada just canceled the season. I'm like, you've got to be So there was me. there was no warning at all. It was just that was it. That's it. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Well, like we had a practice. Uh, so we won Wednesday. I, I gave the guys – I told them that Thursday was optional uh, because we had a tough series and some yeah. bumps and bruises, and I think we had nine guys there. The rest so – like, we don't even, we still haven't picked up the gear from the guys. There's guys that still have their helmets, gloves. Unreal. Those uh, guys are pumped. Jerseys, <laughs> like all that stuff because of uh, COVID. Like, we can't get into our dressing room. and can't get in the room right now. No, like the, the protocol is so strict that, uh, like, you're only allowed X amount of people in the in the rink at one time. You have to come dressed. you got to use the, you got to use the dressing rooms that are assigned, and it's just, yeah. Is but, there any uh, timeline for your league right now? No, I think uh, like just following Hockey Canada rebound plan, which is October. The same as yeah. Major Junior, like the same. It's pretty much the same all around. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, you know? I mean, but nothing concrete. There's nothing no. concrete. There's no schedule that's come out yet or anything like that. Hopefully, we'll we'll see something on that in the in the near future. But uh, you know what? Like if if Major Junior is going to start their camps in the middle of September, there's no reason why we should. You know, we can wait till October because you got a bunch of guys that are going to camps. Just yeah. wait and find out what. Yeah, uh, exactly what they're going to do. What they're doing, yeah. Um, desires to move up in coaching. You have any? <laughs> or do you like where you? I do. You don't like. I know your job. Yeah. You, you're good at where you're at, but like. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm. I, I like my job. I'm good at where where I'm at. I, you know, I think this is a great level. You know, would I 
would I listen if somebody picked up the phone and called me? I mean, absolutely. I mean, who? Well, your who resume wouldn't? speaks of it. Like, well, yeah, why I mean, who yeah. wouldn't? Um, but you know, nobody's blowing up my telephone right now looking looking for Tim Boyce. So yeah, uh, you know, again, like my focus right now is just uh, preparing for the Halifax McDonald's this year and hope uh, you know. Put, put the best team on the ice that it possibly can year after year after year and push you know, work through. with those guys and try and push them to the next level. Is there any other coaches that have influenced you here in the HRM? I know you mentioned Steiny a couple times, but, you know, is there any, I guess, not even a coaching style, but just personality style in the room that you, that you look at and go, you know, this guy knows how to lead a group? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think I take a little bit from a bunch of different guys. Like, you know, Tom Duffy, my old Bantam coach, he would go out to the rinks and watch game after game after game to prepare for different teams. And, you know, I think that's something that I, d- really? I, I do a lot. You know, I go out and watch on off nights. You know, we've got practices Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. I scoot over to Cole Harbor and try and do as, do as much pre-scout on, on some of the city teams because they're teams that you're always yeah. probably going to run into at some yeah. point in playoffs. And, you know, Stein, he taught me a lot about intensity and, uh, you know, caring about players and you know you know dean hopkins same thing i coached with him for uh for a year with He's the wolverines yeah dean's a great great <laughs> yeah. fella who's dean Who's dean hopkins buddy just all right i'll yeah, way back former halifax citadel okay. i think he might have played with steiny i'm not 100 percent positive Legend. but you know like i could go all the way back to just uh when i was in novice and adam with danny mcphee and doug clark uh senior just coaching me as kids and putting fun into the game like i think that you know you take a little bit from everybody along the way things that work things that don't work and you know like i said i think for me the biggest thing now is just being able to connect with the with this age group because if you can't connect with them it doesn't matter what you say in the dressing room or what you draw on the board you're just you're not gonna you're not gonna get what you what you need out of out of the players what are the keys to connect to them oh, so i was just gonna say especially like year after year i was just gonna say does it get tougher do you find because you have to connect one like pretty much each kid well i mean one you just we got to have a, a good environment and an open environment a safe environment where guys can feel they can speak their mind mm-hmm. uh and not you know get ridiculed or, or anything like that and you know, just, uh, you know, you, you probably hear from all the different coaches, and, I you know, I read a lot of stuff on this, like just connecting with guys outside the game. Like yeah. you walk into a dressing room, instead of walking straight into the coach's room, stop and talk to, you know, two or three guys. And, you know, by the end of the week, if you if you think you haven't connected or talked to one, of the, one or two of those guys, ask them how they're doing. Like we had some guys in our dressing room this year that, you know, they would you, you couldn't get two words out of them so i made it a point when i walk in like, to ask them how they're doing like yeah. what did you do in school today yeah. you know what's going on at home how's you know how are your parents or you joke know, with them or whatever you know and you know from those conversations you can read read people and you know figure out what's out, what's important to them what makes them tick and yeah. you know you, you find out pretty pretty quick you know which guys you can lean on and which guys you gotta handle with white gloves and every every guy's a little bit different right so yeah. uh yeah man it's just conversation it's like what we're doing right here man. i was gonna like, say that's not even a coaching just, skill it's just a life it's skill. a life it's skill the, it's yeah, a work it's, skill and you I mean, gotta adapt to because that my the whole point of my question was that i just found like when we were growing up everybody was like when we played on a team, that's what we did. There wasn't a whole lot of other distractions going on. Now there's a ton of distractions, yeah. right? So social media. Oh, yeah. What do you mean by distractions? Just everything. Social media, your okay, access yeah, to yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean. But it's I, I don't know. I lost my train of thought because of what well, you said. Well, but I was just gonna. Sorry. Go ahead. My bad. But I just remember <laughs> going into the max rooms after school and just not having my phone on me. Just so happy to see you know Wig, yeah. who's from East Hand. Yeah. So happy to see Dylan King from Sackville. Yeah. Because you're not with them in high school every day. Like mm-hmm. I remember, I didn't really talk to Seferis or you or some of the guys because yeah. we because we went to high school together. We saw right. each other all day, but I couldn't wait to see my other teammates from. Yeah. It almost comes back to why I started the podcast was just the interest in other people's lives and what they were doing and and what they're up to and you know are you looking forward to this game just asking questions no question you know yeah. like do you find that's still a thing or do you find it's a lot of the phone a I little mean we bit try to phone. make it a thing you know I think uh, again you know when Fuji was here and with Craig and Tony like just good personalities that are able to relate and talk to people and yeah no question uh, you know the cell the cell phone thing is definitely a thing yeah. like you know. Yeah. There's definitely been times, and you know, you walk into the dressing room after a practice, and a guy sits down. And he's we're all guilty know, of it. Yeah, he's got, know, it sure. his, yeah. got it in his hand. You just tell him to put it away, and you know, on the road, we, we'll take them, we'll take them at night or whatever, and things like that, so they don't yeah. have them. But uh, yeah, or dinner tables when you're when you're out on the road, you know, not having your phone at the table. That's just, just a having, respect yeah, thing. Yeah, just having conversations with guys. And again, yeah, to your point, like you know, if you can't. If you can't have a conversation with somebody, uh, you know the professional world is going to be a tough place. So, yeah. um, you, know, <laughs> you, you got to be able to connect. You got to be able to connect with people. Yeah, yeah. Plain and simple. 
the same thing with what we're doing. You have to be able to connect with people. Otherwise, they're just not going to pay attention to you. Yeah. yeah. Not care what you say. I want to backtrack a little bit, though, because I want to know how long was it before you got into coaching after your hockey career ended? You know what, man? Uh, I started coaching. Uh, so I finished my 20-year-old 20 year old year in Amherst, and I think I got into coaching probably a year, year, maybe a year and a half after. Like, for me, I, and, you know, you hear about it with NHL guys and, you know, how they deal with – life after the game like i think it's a i think it's a real thing for guys that are finished junior there's guys oh, yeah. that yeah like i Couldn't struggled i struggled bad with it man like, how many years till you, you found it though coaching after i junior. think just getting into coaching right away kind of yeah. helped me deal with it because uh you know i you know i'm a guy that just i've grown up around the rink like right. you know if you ask Stuart pateri probably tell you i'm the number one <laughs> rink rat at centennial arena that he's ever seen like i just used to go there after school Stuart. as a kid you guys have a lot more in common than you think <laughs> no i know yeah, that's yeah, why we bump yeah. heads a couple good old fairview <laughs> yeah. boys right that's, right. that's <laughs> it a couple good old fairview See, boys there's not much else to do so yeah. so like when I was 20, man, like I, I had a hard time dealing with it. And, uh, you know, I wanted, to, I knew I wanted to stay in the game. And at that point it was just like coaching was an opportunity to get back to the rink and give back to, to, you know, some of the people that, uh, helped me along the way and try and help myself deal with the fact that I'm not playing hockey, uh, you know, at a competitive level anymore. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, like, uh, that that was that was it and you know had a little bit of success with it with the with the high school team and then ended up uh you know jack finley asked me to join the wolverines uh on uh dean hopkins staff there and i did that for a year and then i took the reins of the wolverines the next year when you know we had the the famous incident i was just there. gonna say yeah, was, were no, you there yeah. were you were you coaching that oh game? I, yeah i was you coach. don't think that's timmy boy style hockey right I there was coach okay do you have you got time. Can you tell? Talk it all the time. Okay, so give me give me the background of this. So we've heard who was telling us this, it was the Manson brothers who gave yeah, us. Yeah, everybody's background. got a different view. Everyone it, has right? a different view. So give me so, your view. What did you, have for, what'd you have for breakfast that morning? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell you what I had for breakfast, but like that team, we were uh, we were pretty short on skill, but uh, long on long on toughness, and uh, yeah, so we were over in Summerside. I think two weeks before. Ugh. I want to say two three weeks. And uh, this defense, 20-year-old D-man that Summerside had, I think his last name was McKinnon, um, big kid, mm -hmm. stocky, like probably two, 210. Yeah. Uh, he caught Derek Fulton with a pretty bad hit to the head in open ice over in Summerside and just like completely wrecked his head. Like That's he was just concussed bad. I don't do think it. he came back actually ever. from it ever. No way. He didn't. And uh, so anyway, like everybody was talking about retribution, retribution, you know, <coughs> back in when back in the day. Oh, yeah. Head for a head, buddy. Yeah. And we had uh, like we had Kirk Forrest and uh, <laughs> that name gives me the shivers. <laughs> ben Chason and Jeff Marshan and it's like Paul Ross. And we had a we had a bunch of guys that knew how to handle themselves. So anyway, Kirk Kirk hadn't played for a while because his, uh, he was having back problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I was at work and I got a text message from him. He's like, yeah, I just went and saw physio, uh, cleared to play tonight. And this was, we were playing, Summerside was coming to town. Yeah, like fuck he was. And uh, <laughs> so, like, I was never, I was never a guy to be like, you know, you got to go fight him. Like, that's just, yeah, yeah. I would never, you know, I'm not going to tell somebody to do something that you I wouldn't didn't do it. myself. Yeah. Um, anyway, um <laughs> so Kirk Kirk came back and I don't even know if he was hundred percent to be honest with you. Um and there was a face off down in the, the end of the forum down by uh the uh the tractor doors uh -huh. and uh, obviously we had last change and McKinnon was on, so I put Kirk on and you know, I I, I expected because Kirk was talking about he was You don't gonna, have to say anything. He was yeah, Kirk you know, it was understood <laughs> that he was probably gonna try and fight McKinnon. And McKinnon was a tough like he was a tough kid. Like he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't a slouch. The video didn't display his toughness. Yeah, but right. He was a tough kid. Yeah. So you know, and I didn't like at the time. I didn't even realize, to be honest, who else was on the ice. Like I just knew Kirk was going on the ice. McKinnon was on the ice. But we ended up having like Ben Chason was on the ice. Um, uh, Jeff Marchand, <laughs> T.J. Keeping was in nets. Um, so the puck is dropped, and you just you see Kirk just kind of just start. <laughs> He, and he had a very robotic skate, like 
like oh, a robot if that. Oh, to the point. And he probably took four or five strides, before, and McKinnon was just standing there. And he probably took four or five strides before McKinnon reala- realized that he was coming for him. And he just turned around and beelined it to the bench. And, and Superman dove into the bench in the middle of his bench. And uh, so at that point, Kirk was just, like, standing by the bench. And out of, the no- like, out of nowhere, Ben Chason just comes flying uh, across the ice. And he Superman dives headfirst into the bench. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, like, what is going on? And then next thing I know, like, Jeff Jeff Marchand was just buzzing around. He was swinging a stick. He was doing circles. That was him? Yeah. He was doing circles. And then TJ Keeping went down and uh, tried to fight the other goalie. And I'm on the bench. And Paul Ross was on the bench. And I'll never forget this. Like, Paul was – like, he would fight anybody. He was crazy. Um, He tried to jump over the bench to go, go on the ice. And I grabbed him by the collar, and I literally had a hold of him. And he turned around, and he was so – like, he wanted to fight so bad, he was crying, looking at me going, let me go, let me go. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I can't. I got to – you got to come in. You got to – you got to – so I got one – I got the door closed. I got Paul in one hand, and I looked down to the, the defense door, and Luke Young was – Luke, yeah. Old Juicy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Played, Juicy. Played with the Sackville Blazers, did you know? Didn't mind dropping the gloves. He's opening the defense door and pushing guys out and telling them to go. And I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, you can't be doing this." And like, so it was just complete pandemonium. Like, the trainer from Summerside ended up swinging, like fighting uh, oh Ben Chase on. God. So Ben's in the middle of the bench. The trainer's fighting him. Yeah, the trainer got the biggest. I think he got the biggest suspension out of it all because. No way. Oh yeah, hey, yeah. Like Ben gets up and and he's fighting in the like he's literally the Summerside bench is it was like the parting of the seas, and he's in there swinging and like I think they had Jordan Knox. Like Jordan Knox mm-hmm. is up in the corner. Like it was and the coach over there is like screaming at the top of his lungs at me like you did and I'm like I'm like man like. <laughs> The only thing I did was put Kirk on the ice. Did I think there was a chance that Kirk was probably going to fight McKinnon? Yes. 100%. Did I did I tell Ben Chase on like Ben? So, like here's the chalkboard. So there's <laughs> yeah. the bench. You skate and jump head first. Did into you the bench. know that the other guy was going to yeah, Superman like, yeah. dive no. into the bench? Like, Absolutely this was not. Happen. Absolutely not. But I mean, that was just. The, it was a microcosm of our season. Like we just weren't a very good hockey team. Like we sold off a bunch of players uh, just to pay the bills. Like it was just the it, Chiefs. It just was not a good environment for anybody. Yeah. Um. You know, it wasn't. It just wasn't, and especially for a guy, a young guy like myself that didn't have a lot of coaching experience. Yeah. At the time, it just it wasn't good. Anyway, <laughs> I think the 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 league review probably took. I want to say five or six days. I was going to say the, the police I, probably. What came from it? Like I was up in camp. I ended up getting, I think I ended up getting three or four games. I was up in Campbellton. We were getting ready for the game and the call came in that, you know, I ended up getting three or four games. Like Kirk, I think Kirk got like 12 games. I think Ben got like the rest of the season. It was like 25 games. <laughs> and then there was the whole, like the whole piece with uh, the GM, Jack Finley telling the, the local journalist guys that had the video to, to burn, always- burn the tape and, uh, who do you know the guy who got the tape? Because that's the person who we need to talk to. Yeah. Like, what are you it doing w- with the videotape there? Like back then. Yeah. Like how it was maritime. Like I think uh, in Fairview, bottom of Fairview, there was a maritime broadcasting company. I think it was called. That or sounds something like, like a real that. thing. So yeah. So like there were students that would come to our games and and, okay. and record the games and maybe do play by play. I'm not sure to be honest with you. And I think that's how it ended up being. So anyway, it was just a complete an utter uh, mess right from the get-go, and it's uh, it's definitely something that I've uh, put in my rearview mirror. Do you remember anything that happened in the dressing room after? Like, were the boys like, fuck, yeah. Like, do you remember the room after, or was everyone <laughs> like, just again, like, what like, just I happened? Was, uh, like, I think I was 20. I want to say I was, like, 25. I, you were I 25 coaching that team? Yeah, I wasn't very old. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I was over my head, <laughs> way over my head at that time. Like, <laughs> You're 25. Like, when I, I, I took it over, uh, like, basically out of necessity, I think, because there was nobody else, and um, I wasn't going to back out of it, but I was like, yeah, like, you know, like, I'm going to coach this team, and, you know, like, Sean like Evans and like, Billy McGuigan yeah, and all these yeah, guys yeah. have been coaching in the oh league for God, years. Yes. Like, just way, way over my head. Like, 
Um, Luke Young opening the door. Go, boys. Go. Yeah. He's yeah. Just waving them through uh, like he's coaching it third. Was just, I could just picture you, Tim. He's just like, what are you doing, Luke? Get, 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 get. Oh, he was loving it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah we're gonna this send is them. why I coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I'm here. My time to shine. You know, like, I'm sitting here like, this is not ending well. Oh, and, man. Like, Did the, he get any games? I don't think so. <laughs> That's I don't think so. Part. And then like he's the, head coach next game. Yeah, like the worst part was uh, like TSN. It made national headlines, yeah. and it was on TSN. Like Ma- Mike Milbury called me a ne- Neanderthal, and like the guy that was up in the <laughs> stands sick. beating somebody with his shoe. Oh yeah, calling me a Neanderthal. Right. So I'm just like, it was just, it was, yeah, it wasn't good. It's it wasn't still good. talked about. Oh man, Hence. like I think uh, like on YouTube, it's well over a million views. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, that guy should I, be getting royalties right now. As you were talking about it, just vivid colors in my head i just yeah. saw it like i knew we used I to practice that or just before maybe during your guys's first period we all i always used to come over because i was yeah. there are you at the max oh yeah first year yeah no i think i was in my second year maybe and you third did, you, did you see it you saw this we used live? to sit right there because obviously you know i didn't want to yeah. pay so i'd go through the back door fear everything <laughs> go sit up there and then all of a sudden we were sitting right by the face off and so you saw sudden, it. Yeah, but then that stupid fucking pole oh, yeah. on that side yeah. it, that's where he jumped in and that's where all the action was but i do remember watching marshy Skating circles, swinging oh, his stick. Out. He's going like it's just like he, everybody he's just looking for somebody to. Oh to, my god! Like, like he was just looking for somebody to fight. It was just <laughs> yeah, no one would. The look in his eyes and the look in long Paul, hair. Like, yeah, like just that's unreal. It was uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> it was some a point in my life probably that I want to forget about. But no. you know, in my early early thirties, uh, coaching the coaching staff would have a few beers. We'd always we'd throw it up on YouTube and just start reading all the comments. The comments. That's the like, best. You thing. can spend hours reading the comments. And oh just yeah. Laughing. Just the yeah. Oh, I know man. what I'm doing tonight. Just Very laughing yeah. at the comments. Yeah. Um, Ken Reed. Yeah. Well, Ken Ken was How a did... huge uh, Maritime Junior A hockey league guy. Like you remember the hecklers that used to to go to the the Halifax Forum when Jimbo was coaching. Yes, that they were actual hecklers. I just thought they were just drunk guys that Where? ended up being there. Oh, like Kenny Kenny's like he he was huge into the Maritime League. How long have you known really? him for? few years yeah so like, he lives yeah. up in toronto now yeah I'm well he's soon? working for sports now. i know yeah I, yeah, yeah. yeah but as soon as he yeah. retweeted it, it's like, i'll be guy. listening i was like are you guys buddies like sam's pizza yeah. i mean uh, we, we exchange uh, a couple uh you know messages on twitter here and there yeah yeah, yeah. no he's a good guy man yeah. well, that was big when he retweeted I was like, oh, geez, <laughs> speaking of look. twitter we just got your follow yesterday i think What's oh yeah we're that, a little man? bitter about that i got that. you on instagram were you trying to just make sure we were legit first before no we, no know? i got you on instagram too many too many social media posts. Oh, i know but dog. you gotta connect with the kids timmy that's the thing right <laughs> yeah. you gotta be on all this shit that's I our know. problem we think we're kids no i'm just a kid oh yeah 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 no no i got you guys on instagram and i think i got you on facebook too yeah well, that's enough yeah. facebook's good we don't want you on us too much you know plans rest of the summer what are you doing Man, nothing really. I mean, that's everyone's can't, answer. Can't go anywhere. It's like, uh, you know, I, I I've said to my wife a hundred times, like, you know, if they open up the flights to Jamaica or Mexico, I'd probably hop on one and go and take some vacation. But, For sure. You know, just uh, doing some work around the house. We've got a camp coming up uh, July seventeenth to twentieth, so we'll get uh, get on the ice there for a development camp, and that's it, man. Just uh, staying home and staying safe. Yeah, I was a big follower of your your early quarantine Facebook updates with everything you were doing <laughs> and stuff like that. And then it ended, and that's that's when you realize that everyone's now sick and tired of this that's shit, right. and yeah, I'm yeah. done. But I can't imagine you you must have been jam packed right now in regular summers. It's probably weird for your wife to have you home. She probably hates it. Oh man, well we're both working from home now too. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So it's twenty four seven. Yeah, it's been good. Like uh, we kind of split the house up. Like one day I'll work downstairs and she'll work in a spare room or the kitchen and. You know, uh, we get along well, so it's not. Uh, it can't be an easy gig to for you to be at the rink all the time and shit like that, man. So he loves it. What are you talking about? No, I know he loves it, and I love it too, man. But yeah, it's just yeah. my my girlfriend wouldn't be having it. No, she's very. Oh, you know what I, what I mean? No, and very, that's vital to your success, though. It is. No question. She's very. So I, I just deserves. I think she deserves a shout out in my yeah. mind. No question, she does for sure. And you know, we don't have kids either, so make that makes it a little easier yeah, as well. So. I honestly didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah, you uh, got twenty kids. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I've said that every September I get 20, 20 kids. And, you know, I think, they, to be honest with you, I think it's a good way to look at it, really. I mean, mm-hmm. they are. Like, you, yeah. you, you're, uh, it's a very important uh, time in their life. And, you know, it's something I don't definitely don't take lightly. Yeah. Last minute of the podcast is yours. If you want to thank anyone, say right. hello to a family member, friends. Chirp someone. Did a I, lot uh, of people listening. 
Did I already uh, did I already thank my wife? Does that constitute thanking? I my think wife? it came out of my mouth. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll thank my wife for allowing me to continue to do something Safe. that I love. Yeah. Safe call. Um, yeah, you know, I'd just say uh, thank all the guys that I've worked with uh, and continue to work with with the Max. Uh, I think it's just an incredible group, uh, executive down, and all the kids that I've had the the opportunity to coach. Uh, you know, I think it's a privilege uh, to coach these guys and something I don't take lightly. And uh, you know, I just love doing every day. Awesome. All right, Tim. Thank you very much for coming on. Welcome yeah. back anytime. Good luck next season. Whenever. I guess it starts. Thanks for having me. Uh, what what number am I? Two fifty five. Two fifty six. So Two fifty six. Okay, good. That's a good number. We're getting up there. Sorry, right. Don't feel bad, man. I got in at like a hundred and ten. <laughs> so yeah. Well, the first hundred, I wouldn't even call them. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy might be listening. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. We're out. Thanks again, dudes. Oh, I get to say bye this time. See you later. I feel you're always offended when you don't get to say bye. <laughs> all right, everyone listening. Thank you very much for the support. Don't forget about our sponsor, guys. Manscaped, HB Sports, 20% off your order. Get your balls looking good. It's 2020. Live a better life. High Button Sports, we're out. Peace. Peace.